Hey, welcome back to the light of the day. We're going to cover a topic that is super interesting, super fun, and very intuitive. We're going to be speaking about spiritual gifts and how to receive the anointing from God. Stay tuned. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, welcome back again. My name is Brother Kirby and we're going to speak about spiritual gifts. Let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this word that you're about to bless the people with. I pray, Father, that this edifies each person listening. And I ask you, Father, that you reveal light to any person who is seeking you in this manner, where they desire spiritual gifts and they desire to walk in the anointing. They desire to be anointed, Father. And I thank you that your word says that it is your will. You give good things to your children. You said that you would give the Holy Spirit to anyone who asks. And I want to thank you for the Holy Spirit in advance, Father. And I pray that spiritual gifts are activated by the Holy Spirit while people are just listening to this podcast, whether it be in the car, whether it be at home, whether it be in their office or wherever it is. I ask that the Holy Spirit enters into the place and touches their lives in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, so let's begin. Let's get into speaking of spiritual gifts. Now, I want this to be a little bit text-based, more so text-based. So we're going to go into 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read from verse 1 until verse 11. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues but one and the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills amen hey we just came from reading first corinthians chapter 12 verse 1 to 11 let me preface it by just saying that the gifts of the holy spirit are important, but they're never more important than the, the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit. And what is the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit comes to glorify Jesus, to make you look more like Jesus. 
The Holy Spirit makes you look more like Jesus in your character. We call that the fruit of the Spirit. That's having the sound mind of God. The Holy Spirit makes you look more like Jesus in your power. That's called the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit makes you look more like Jesus in your love. That's called walking in the Spirit. So, we need all three. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's power. We need to walk in the Spirit. That's the love of Jesus. And we need the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's a sound mind, the character. A balanced Christian life. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. All of these three encompass the work of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. So it's a good thing to seek the spiritual gifts. The Bible invites you to seek spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Or if we go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and we go down to verse 28 to verse 30, um, verse 31, excuse me. It says, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. And then in verse 13, he concludes it. I mean, I'm sorry, in chapter 13, he concludes that thought in verse 1 to 13, speaking of love. So I don't want to get into spiritual gifts without basing the foundation on Jesus. Everything that the Holy Spirit does is to glorify Jesus. The power that he imparts to you is to make you an effective witness of Jesus, to glorify Jesus. When you have a gift, let's say a gift of healing, that's for the edification of the church and to evangelize for Jesus. When someone gets healed, the whole purpose of it isn't just the complete restoration of their physical body, but their complete restoration in their relationship with God. Restoration in the soul. Why? Because your soul is more important than your physical body. But sometimes God has to do something good to your physical body to reach your soul, where your soul is now open to receive him, right? So in whatever gift you want to receive, whether it be prophecy, prophecy is, of course, the Bible says that prophecy is there for those who are unbelievers, right? Of course, prophecy is effective for believers, but for unbelievers in the way that it's a manifestation of the spirit shown for the prophet of all. So that when someone sees prophecy, it should glorify or bring someone closer to God, bringing someone closer to Christ. So we're going to go into it and we're going to go really, really Intricately, I want to go very careful. Now, of course, there's more gifts that I'm not going to dive into to, uh, tonight. Um, there's going to be gifts in Peter, gifts in, in Romans, gift in different books of the Bible that I won't necessarily dive into. Even the, the gifts that are labeled in the Old Testament. 
when the Holy Spirit would actually come upon a person for a miracle, a miraculous work, like Samson with his strength or Elijah um, able to call down fire from heaven and things like that. But I'm not going to go into everything. I want to talk about specifically the nine gifts of the Spirit and the anointing. Now, the Bible says that the anointing breaks the yoke. The, anoint, the, the anointing destroys the yoke, rather. So it's important for us to see that the anointing is there to empower you for a certain work. God anoints you and appoints you. So God always does something with you and through you when you're anointed. The Bible says that God, that Jesus was working with, the Lord was working with the disciples, confirming their word with signs and wonders following. Now, of course, you have an indwelling anointing, and that's the anointing that the Holy Spirit's presence gives you when you're born again. That's the one that the Bible says that, hey, you don't need anyone, you don't need anyone to teach you because the Holy Spirit himself is teaching you. So even when someone is speaking to you, you can listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying and it could confirm in your spirit on whether what they're saying is from heaven or from somewhere else. Or is it from the Spirit of God or is it from an antichrist? That's really what the the Bible talks about in um, the book of James and in John, John the Beloved, I, I believe. But when it comes to speaking of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, the first one that is mentioned, the Bible says in verse 7 to verse 10, we're going to go one by one. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Meaning if you have the Holy Spirit, you have to have a manifestation of the Spirit. If you have him on you. Now, what is the proof that you have the Holy Spirit on you? Well, the Bible talks about a, a separate event to just water baptism. The Bible speaks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit in fire. I believe, is it Matthew 4.18? John the Beloved, who was the one that prophesied it? Or um, let's go into the verse. In Mark chapter 4, verse 18, I believe. Let's see. Thank you, Lord Jesus. No, I'm sorry. It's actually Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, I lost it. <laughs> so, the Bible says that John the Baptist, he was speaking of Jesus, and he said, I baptize you with water. But there is one who is coming after me who is greater than I am. It's Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. It says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, the separate event of water baptism, the Bible speaks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, when we talk about baptizing in water, everyone understands that. But that's not all there is. Why? The baptism in water, the Bible says that John said, I baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus is the one who is a baptizer of the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, how Kirby, I thought that it was all the same thing. Well, the Bible says... You can have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. It reveals that in John chapter 20, verse 22, where it says that Jesus, after he resurrected, 
or I'm sorry, let's go to John chapter 21. John chapter 20, verse 22. There it goes. It says, and when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus, he resurrected. I'm going to start from verse 21 so you guys can have context. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The Bible says that he breathed on his disciples after he resurrected. And he told them, receive the Holy Spirit. Meaning that's a separate event from Acts chapter 2 when they were filled now with the Holy Spirit. And they had like a flame, the Bible says, on the top of their head. And they were all speaking in diverse tongues. So they had the Holy Spirit with the manifestation of the gift of speaking in tongues. The indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit is what abides in you unto salvation where you believe. When you first believed. Why? Because the Bible says that no one can believe in Jesus unless the Father first draws him. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit, he's the seal unto redemption. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. The Bible talks about, talks about the Holy Spirit doing his work in us. And Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit onto his disciples. Now, many people, they debate these things, and but it's very simple in Scripture. It's a separate event from Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, as far as, as far as scripture goes, as far as the Bible says, in verse 1 to verse 4, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, what was, if, if you remember the purpose of God giving the Holy Spirit, Jesus said in John chapter 14 that another is coming. And Jesus said that he would be the comforter, the spirit of truth given from the Father, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he would be just like me. Jesus said, in, in the sense of saying, he would be just like Jesus. He wouldn't speak on his own accord, but he would come to glorify Christ. And then when Jesus, what the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, when Jesus was ascending, Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The Holy Spirit coming upon a person or the Holy Spirit receiving the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is receiving power to be a witness the purpose of it is to witness for jesus to be a witness for jesus is to be an effective ambassador representative of christ a, a, a christian to be christ-like or you can be a witness of christ a witness of who he was and is and is to come you're heaven's ambassador you're a mighty people that god has completely sent into this world to preach the good news. God is so faithful that he sends people to the lost people and you're the people that he sends. But the only way that he can send you to the lost is with empowerment that wherever they're trapped in, 
you can free them. Some people are trapped in sickness. Some people are trapped in demonic possession. And the Bible says that Jesus went around doing good. Let's go to Acts chapter 10, just to read it. I believe, is it Acts 10, 38? It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus went about doing good. What was the good that Jesus did? Healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. God is with you too if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means, just like the Bible says, the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the, from the dead dwells in you and he will quicken your mortal body. So now we, as Christians, can go deeper in the gifts. Why? Is it all about gifts? No, the purpose of the gifts is just like tools given to you to help you accomplish your purpose. If you reject the gift, you're like a soldier who rejects a sword. A, a, a soldier rejecting a sword and wanting to go into battle or wanting to go and fulfill his purpose may not be as effective as a soldier who has his sword and goes into battle and is able to accomplish his goal and purpose, go out to where he was sent. And where were you sent? What was your commission? Because soldiers are commissioned to a task. Your commission is the great commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Jesus said, making disciples, teaching them to observe the things that I've commanded you. So now let's go into the first gift. It says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. Where the Holy Spirit gives you downloads of wisdom, understanding, great wisdom through the spirit. And that's the wisdom of Jesus. He imparts to you where you're wise, not just earthly wisdom. No, it's not earthly wisdom at all. It's heavenly wisdom. It's wisdom from God. The wisdom that told Jesus to tell Simon Peter. Or the wisdom that, um, I'm sorry, the wisdom that told Jesus to speak to the Pharisees. And the Bible says that no matter how much they argued with him, they couldn't usurp whatever he said. He would make them go away ashamed because his wisdom was too great. They couldn't beat his wisdom. The Lord was able to perceive when someone was being genuine and when someone was being humble and when someone had faith and when someone was being deceptive or dishonest or having some ulterior motives. The wisdom of God that allowed Jesus to say parables and he spoke in parables that were so deep spiritually that to this day, you can read a parable three, four times and get a different revelation from it every time you read it as he was wise. The wisdom that causes him to teach in a way that other people, it just made sense to them. But 
the same thing that made sense to some people was completely confusing to some others because it was wisdom. The Bible says that God can use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, and that's his wisdom. And God can give you that gift. Now we can give some Old Testament examples of wisdom, but I want to say Solomon, but even Solomon's wisdom was more so a naturalistic perspective on this world where he was so wise, yes, but still Jesus was wiser than Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man born of a woman or, you know, on this earth, but Jesus is the son of God and Jesus' wisdom way surpasses Solomon. The second is to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit. Now that's divine downloads from heaven. Revelation knowledge where the Holy Spirit gives you information that you would have not learned through any way other than the Holy Spirit. Where you can just like see the knowledge of Jesus, Jesus was able to perceive things about people. The woman at the well where Jesus asked her, Where you, where's your husband? And then she said, I don't have a husband. And he said, what she said is true because you've already had like five. And the person you're living with now isn't your husband. It's the wisdom, or I'm sorry, it's the knowledge that let Jesus know certain things about, um, let's just say when Jesus was, how, how can I put this? when he was able to just perceive things about the Pharisees and point out their hypocrisy. Or Jesus perceiving things about Simon Peter. When Simon Peter was speaking, and what did Jesus say? He said, get behind me, Satan. But not just in that instance, when Simon Peter was going to deny Jesus, the word of knowledge came to Jesus and he knew that Satan asked to sift Simon Peter like wheat, but Jesus prayed for him that his faith wouldn't fail. And the Bible says that that comes through the same spirit. Verse 9, to another faith by the same spirit. So the gift of faith. What's kind of, some people call it the faith of God, as Smith Wigglesworth put it. But it's an increase in faith that makes you see the impossible as possible. A faith that's so strong it can't be hindered by doubt. A faith that can almost be unvanquishable I believe that that's the gift of faith that made Jesus able to walk on water why can I say that because when Simon Peter was walking on water and he started to sink Jesus's solution was saying that Simon Peter's problem was with faith why did you doubt Simon Peter essentially saying the whole reason he could walk on water in the first place was through faith and I have a question for you guys, the listeners. If faith makes the impossible possible, because you know how Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you would tell this mountain to be cast out and be thrown into the, the ocean and it would listen to you. R remember when Jesus cursed the fig tree and it withered the next time that his disciples passed by? Simon Peter was the one that noticed all by faith. Do you believe that the gift of faith is also what caused these huge miraculous things in the Old Testament as well because you know the Holy Spirit would come upon 
Um, Samson and Samson would be able to do these great feats of strength. And we understand how the Bible speaks about so many different things and like the spirit of might and the spirit of counsel of the Lord and the spirit of the fear of the Lord in, in, in Isaiah chapter 11. But I just want to think a little bit with you guys. It said to another gifts of healings by the same spirit. So there's a gift of healing. Now, there, the Bible speaks about the laying on of hands to heal the sick as a sign, you know, if these signs will follow those who believe. But to walk in that manifestation of the gift of, the, of, of healing, the Holy Spirit comes upon you and he manifests that gift of healing. It's all by the same Spirit. Essentially saying, if you have the Holy Spirit, all these gifts can be worked through you. It's just about which one the Holy Spirit's manifesting through you. The gift of healing is a supernatural ability of the Holy Spirit to heal. Now, what does healing look like? Healing, the Bible can categorizes even casting out demons as healing. Why? Because if you're going to heal someone who's sick and the sickness was caused by a demon, how do you heal them? You cast it out. Someone has mental problems where Jesus would heal people with lunatic spirits and stuff like that. He would cast out lunacy from these people. How did that happen? By deliverance. So healing and deliverance can be synonymous. We're casting out demons. Yes, the Bible says this sign will follow. But even on another level, on another perspective, the gift of healings is the healing of the sick. But it can even be categorized by sicknesses, not just caused by natural means, but by spiritual means. To another, the working of miracles. Now, what does the working of miracles look like? People love to call it creative miracles, but I just call them miracles. Like people walking out of wheelchairs because their legs were completely dysfunctional or bones were broken or some people had metal screws in their legs and it was removed or... Um, let's say, let's say in, in Jesus' perspective, Jesus multiplied bread and fish. And that's a miracle. Jesus raised the dead. That's a miracle, right? Of course, all by the same Holy Spirit. So it's not like, hey, you just have a drop of this, but it's the Holy Spirit that's in you. God didn't give you a baby Holy Spirit. There's no such thing. God gave you the Holy Spirit. And when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has more of you. So the Holy Spirit comes upon you and now you can be an effective witness. And the Holy Spirit gives gifts as he wants to. But the gifts of miracles is an important aspect that we need to think about. So to another prophecy, we know prophecy which is foretelling and forthtelling. The Bible says that prophecy can reveal the secrets of the heart. It's being able to not just tell the future, 
but to reveal things hidden, even things hidden by time. There's things hidden by time. There's things hidden in the heart. There's things hidden that only God knows. And because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, He reveals things through you. Things to come. Things that are and things that are to come. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Bible says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, right? So prophecy always glorifies one person, Jesus. To another discerning of spirits, being able to discern things in the spiritual realm. Not everything is of God. And many times we think that discernment, just to preface this, many times we think that we mistake discernment for superstition and suspicion. Discernment is not suspicion. Some people are just suspicious of people and say, oh, I discern this. No, discernment is not in the head. Discernment is from the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. There's a different type of discernment. Yeah, that one's from your head where you just discern whether this is salty or sweet but in the spiritual way the gift of discernment helps you discern spiritual things where some people can discern that hey um, without any visible sign I discern that you are depressed or that you have this or that or you know perceiving this or coming into an atmosphere and discerning that hey someone was here who wasn't doing this or someone wasn't doing this right or this or that some people, it works through their senses where they can discern things, not just through a feeling, but through physical senses as well. It's like the Holy Spirit being able to manifest that gift in certain ways where some people say that they hear things or see things and they're able to discern what is going on. To another different kinds of tongues. It's amazing because that gift is the gift of speaking in not just the heavenly language, but different languages. Like the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, where the people in Acts chapter 2 that were celebrating Pentecost, all of a sudden they hear the 120 who were in the upper room speaking in their own language. Although those people weren't educated people, the, the 120 speaking of, they received the Holy Spirit and they started to speak in other languages. It says, to another, the interpretation of tongues. Now, I love how the Bible generalizes it because it's not just specifically speaking languages that are known to man, but languages that aren't known to man. The interpretation of tongues is also spiritual tongues, knowing what the, uh, another person or what you yourself said when you were speaking in tongues. But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So the Holy Spirit distributes these as he wills. And it says he works all these things. It didn't say worked. It said works, meaning it's consistent. It's continual. So even right now while you're listening to me let's start praying and asking the Lord 
to baptize us in the Holy Ghost and fire. Let's ask for fresh fire. Fresh fire from heaven. Fresh fire. And let's ask also that the Holy Spirit reveals to us the gifts that he distributes to us. We'll pray and I'll pray right now that whatever the Holy Spirit wants to impart to each person listening to this, that it's imparted to them. Father God, in the name of Jesus, you confirm your word with signs and wonders following. Each person listening to me, Father, I pray that your word is confirmed to them with signs and wonders following. Let right now baptize, baptize these people. Let baptisms take place in fire, in the Holy Ghost in fire. Let the power of God rest on people and let impartations happen where people start to receive spiritual gifts let them receive it from heaven, Father. Let them receive it from you, Lord. Let gifts of the Spirit start working through the people so that they can become effective witnesses for Jesus Christ. May the fire of God, I believe the fire of God is falling on you now. And I believe that his presence, many people listening to this, they're going to experience the presence of God, I believe, by faith. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And I pray for every person listening right now. Let your anointing rest upon each of their hearts. Teach them and guide them into deeper levels of truth. Show them that it's the Holy Spirit who works all these things. So if they have the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit will be manifested as the Holy Spirit wills. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey friend, if you've enjoyed the study that you just heard, <laughs> I really pray that this blessed you so much so that you decide to follow, subscribe. There's going to be more videos posted as God leads. Pray for me. My name is Brother Kirby. You can follow me on Instagram at Kirby the Servant. You can call, follow me on Facebook at Kirby, K-I-R-B-Y. Disvalens, D-E-S-V-A-L-L-O-N-S. I want to bless God for you, and I want to thank God. And remember, Jesus is Lord.